It's just an army of shrews. Here we come. (laughs) Hello, we are here at Sun Sounds of Arizona in Flagstaff, Arizona, and welcome to episode 32 of Mm, Untamed mm, Shrews mm, mm. Women Talk Theater, presented by the Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival. I'm Becky. And I'm Hannah. And I'm Dawn. Today on Untamed Shrews, we are joined by Jennifer Vosters. Jennifer is a friend of ours and a former Flag Shakes actor and director who is doing very, very big things. <laughs> and we can't wait to catch up with her to discuss her new play and living in Chicago and what it's like having an agent and just so much more. But first, how are yeah, we? How's Blake? Let's start with Dawn and Blake. <laughs> We're doing good. Becky, or, uh, Blake is so excited to see the two of you. He was such a mess um, when I went out to get him. And as soon as he saw you guys on the on the computer, Aww. he was like, empty Blakey, empty Blakey. Hi, Blake. Hi, handsome. What you munching on? Very excited. He's munching on uh, some kind of like grip strengthener. Oh, oh cool. Musicians use, I think. Got I it. Got well, it. Well, I have definitely used a grip strength test thing in my pt so Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah so that's what he's working on nice (laughs) um yeah we're doing pretty good uh obviously it's just been a hectic couple of weeks Mm so i think part of his meltdown was just knowing that i was here and not with him because i've been a lot of time not with him this week and i think that's a little stressful on a toddler um so yeah it's just been that i mean things at the festival have been Hmm. crazy if it's not one thing it's another Mm -hmm. but that is true every single year Mm -hmm. uh yeah that's always true but i feel like this year we have such an amazing team Mm -hmm. that it's like every single insane obstacle that has presented itself we have found a way through that has been best worst case scenario and Mm -hmm. I'm really proud of everybody so that's been great and then personally it's just like this pregnancy is so much harder on me than the last one I know I Mm. I know the last one was hard on me and I know you all got Mm -hmm. to hear about how hard that one was but like oh boy like this one's this one's really tough so Mm -hmm. I've I wasn't expecting, you know, kind of like when you have an experience once, you think like, oh, that's what the thing is going to be. And mm-hmm. I think yeah. especially a personality like mine, I'm very attached to that. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, now I know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And then it happens differently. So You're like, but um, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know what happened last time. So it's going to go that way. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then no, not even yeah, remotely. No. Yeah, which is, I guess, very funny. Also, from a theater practitioner, because you never do <laughs> the same you know, thing twice. Two shows are never the same. No, yeah. literally never. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of how that's going. Um, and I've just been kind of struggling through that. But uh, we found out we're having a little girl. Woo! I don't know if I said okay. that on Shrews. Mm-mm. So. That's super fun. I didn't want to find out, uh, but Sean was really insistent. He was like, I want to know who I'm talking to. So we had a name picked out either way. So I think he was just like, I need to know which of these two people Mm -hmm. is coming. We have. And so so we did have the opportunity to find out and found out it was a little girl. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I think having one of each will be an interesting Mm -hmm. experience as a parent just to see Mm -hmm. how that goes. Yeah. 
not that drastically different, obviously, especially in the beginning. Right? It's exactly <laughs> when they're the just same thing. eating, yeah. sleeping, and pooping. Yep, that's... Yeah. No yeah. matter their gen, the, no matter their yeah. sex that they yeah. are born with, they're exactly <laughs> the same for quite a long time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, so that's been like, it's been fun to find out because now, yeah, we like talk to her and oh. we can use her name and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So. That the, those are the things that help you get through the, yep. the harder parts of mm-hmm. of being pregnant for sure. And yeah. then I just got back from an awesome wedding. My best friend from college got married, and he and I went through a lot together and have a very meaningful friendship. And it was just wonderful. He had this tiny; they called it a micro wedding. Mm-hmm. I honestly like if Sean and I haven't hadn't eloped at the courthouse, <laughs> I would be like, "That's the kind of wedding that, mm-hmm. that we should have done." It was just like thirty people. They cooked the they they and you know friends and family cooked the dinner and did the desserts and like that sounds lovely. Just a family style meal, and mm-hmm. I thought it was really sweet. So that was a lot of fun too. Good, yay, yeah, yeah. And before you went for that wedding, um, the three of yeah. us plus mm-hmm. two of oh, yeah. your relatives, we did a girls, girls weekend. weekend. <laughs> we had freedom weekend. Freedom weekend. <laughs> yeah, my we... first weekend away from Blake. <laughs> my birthday. You guys were all nice enough to come along with me. Yeah, I had a blast. That was so much fun. Oh, it was a yeah. good weekend. Let's do it again. Yeah. I'll yeah. see y'all in a month. Yeah. Like it was so much fun. <laughs> it was so relaxing. Mm-hmm. We saw the yeah. Barbie movie, ate food, <laughs> laid by the food. laid by the creek, laid yeah. by the pool, chatted girl stuff. Well, I shouldn't oh just gosh. say oh. girl stuff. We chatted about everything. Oh, we talked about <laughs> life. We talked about death. We talked about our gynecologist. Yeah. We talked about literally everything, <laughs> having babies. Like, wow, did we yeah. just get in there yeah. with the info? <laughs> Yep. And, yeah. and my aunt was there who is a nurse. And so things got mm-hmm. real nitty gritty on a lot of fronts. Very and specific. I love that too. <laughs> yeah. That was so much fun. So much fun. <laughs> yeah, it was a blast. Well, yay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Becky, yeah, how, how about, about you? you? Yeah, mostly good. I feel like summer is already over. And yeah. it just makes me sad mm-hmm. because I feel like. Just started. Yeah, I feel like it just started. I feel like, and it's not that I haven't been doing things, but I guess mm-hmm. maybe I felt like I, quote unquote, should have been doing more yeah. or had higher expectations, but no real like agenda. So like, mm-hmm. I can't really hold myself to anything because like, I did the things I wanted to do. Yeah. Like, but maybe like, I didn't go beyond them. I don't mm-hmm. know. So I'm just feeling like, yeah, I just feel like it's practically already the end of the year, which yeah. we still have five full yeah. months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. I just feel like time went, summer went by so quickly. Yeah. Um, I know. When I saw the yeah. like costumes sign across the Goodwill mm-hmm. on Route 66, For I was Halloween. like, no. I know. No, why are you advertising yeah. costumes? And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, it is almost fall. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Major yikers. Yeah. Which <laughs> I will say the past like, two three weeks I have been going thrifting I feel I feel like I've upped my thrifting days <laughs> and I'm like I don't need anything <laughs> yes and but 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 it, just knowing that something is there mm-hmm. that I could really <laughs> love or want or it's the coolest thing ever I'm like I have to go and check it out the treasure hunt the treasure hunt <laughs> the call of the treasure yeah I'm really feeling it um yeah I don't know yep. I feel I feel mostly good I feel a little sad. I feel yeah. 
Nice. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Hannah? <laughs> Good. Yeah. I mean, it's been a rough few weeks. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I mean, as Don mentioned, nothing bad at all. Just busy. Like opening the shows, getting the tent up. It was just really, really busy. And having come straight from North Carolina, I just really hit the ground running, trying to see people, trying to settle back into my life, into my house, into my workout routine, into Ariel, into seeing my boyfriend, seeing friends, and back into right into the summer shows. It was just really overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. And I finally had to like, I just hadn't taken a day off in like a lot of days. And so I'm feeling a lot better now, but I was feeling just really anxious and overwhelmed uh, for a a week or two there. So I'm feeling much better now. So that's good. Um, I will also say just to be like super transparent, like I came home from North Carolina and I had gained a little bit of weight and I just like did not, I just don't feel good in my body right now. I wanted to say it cause like, you know, the shrew crew goes through it too. I know. And like, you know, my boyfriend literally tells me I'm like the most gorgeous thing on this side and the other side of the Mississippi, like every single day. <laughs> so I know that I'm a beautiful human. It's just that like, I don't feel like I am feel like myself. And so coming back, I definitely felt like prioritizing like my sleep and my workout routine and all that stuff was just like really high on my priority list. And I still definitely don't feel quite like myself, but I'm trying and I'm really trying to give myself grace, especially because we're remounting my show again in a few weeks. And so much of my show is about confidence and body image and so I have to remember like to hold myself to my own advice um but it's very hard so and and there's something to be said for if you are somebody who likes working out like when you take some time off even just getting back to one class yeah or I mean, I'll speak for myself, like I already feel better. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, obviously one class, I don't look any different, but I already feel Feel better, just a little bit better. Well, I was on so many vacations. Like Jacob came to visit me. My brother came to visit me. I went to New York. So I was in Charleston and the beach and New York and I was going out for drinks and getting food and like, you know, my brother and I were eating fried chicken and shrimp and grits and like, you know, I was on vacation. And so I... I just felt like I hadn't uh, slept in the same bed and done a workout and had like a meal that I cooked in like weeks, to be honest. Yeah, I just like really felt like I needed a reset um, and getting back into work and not quite feeling like myself. I think I was I definitely had a hard week, I will say, like. I just was like, I feel sad and anxious and I feel like I don't love my body. So I just felt, yeah, it was just like a hard one, but I definitely feel better now. Um, Getting through that first weekend um, of the show's opening was big. Um, Just a congratulations to you both for the two sold out weekends so far. And yeah. I mean, fingers crossed, it's going to be another sold out weekend. Um, Yes, it absolutely will. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was another thing is 
I that's really crunch time for me. Mm-hmm. Like crunch time for my specific job is selling tickets. So it was like yeah. I can't really take a day off because I do need to really get this information out. So I can't really log off. I mean, of course, sometimes I just need to be like, Hannah, you're going to church and you're not looking at your phone <laughs> like for two hours yeah. and it's going to be fine. But sometimes I just have to log on and that's just the way it is because the show is the yeah. show needs to sell. So but yeah, things are a lot better. Yeah. and getting home and seeing you guys and baby Blake and my boyfriend and just getting back to my routine has been everything I really needed. Um, yeah. yeah. So if you're out there, Shrew Crew, and you're feeling the same, like, just remember, you again, yeah, the Shrew <laughs> Crew is here, be- or the Untamed Shrews is literally about being a woman in theater. And sometimes you just, like, don't feel your best and you have to give yourself grace and yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And <laughs> it's I mean, real. we'll get into a little bit with Jennifer, but mm-hmm. like showing up when you're not feeling maybe a hundred percent, but, but you're showing up, you're yep. doing the thing. Doing the dang <laughs> thing. Just glad to be back with my shrews. Oh, <laughs> we're glad to have you back. Yes. But I think, you know, I agree with what Becky said. I, I, I had a very similar feeling. I took several weeks, like several weeks where I felt like I did not get to the aerial gym mm-hmm. just because of the busyness of the shows and et cetera. And I got in there yesterday for just a couple of like minutes to work with my class. And I felt, I mean, I, I probably, you know, did maybe 10 minutes total of working out myself (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I was teaching, but I felt so much better afterwards. It's, it's really hard. I mean, yeah, I feel you a hundred percent. My body is definitely not my body right now. And it's just, it just sucks. Even if you know mm-hmm. why, and even if everyone around you is like, you're amazing and your yeah. body is just what it needs to be because it always is. Yeah, It's always doing what it needs to. But I think that it's really hard. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we as women have it really hard. We've, we've, we've been indoctrinated with a lot of messaging mm-hmm. and Sean will just say to me sometimes, you know, like none of your value is in how much you weigh. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard. Mm-hmm. It is so yeah. hard as a woman. Right. Yet I could, I would look at another woman and be like, none of your values and how much do you weigh? Right. Yeah. So easily. So it's just all about like, you know, like extending yep. the grace to ourselves that we extend to others too. Yeah. And that can be the beauty of a community like Shrews mm-hmm. and the beauty of friends because like, you know, we're always going to look at you, Hannah, and be like, wow, <laughs> Hannah, <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> just crushing it. I can't yeah. believe, you know, how often you are at CrossFit mm-hmm. and at the aerial gym. <laughs> yeah. like, I obviously don't notice the weight that you yep. put on. Like, it's not, it's not something that to me would be like, oh, wow, Hannah's body has significantly right. changed. No. So it's just me because I'm like, feel. my yeah. skirts are tight. Why are my, yeah. you know, like, it's hey, really just that, you know. Yeah. My panties don't fit anymore. I can't <laughs> tell you how upsetting that is. <laughs> I had to buy the new was, panties. <laughs> the night I was laying in bed and I was like, Sean, I think I have to buy all new panties. <laughs> <laughs> it was so devastating. I was like, I've always worn the same size of panties. <laughs> like, now is this happening in my yep. life? But you, you... <laughs> You take yourself to Target. Yep, and you, you buy find a new ten panties. pack of cotton briefs in a larger size. <laughs> <laughs> you buy it, and you just move on with yeah. your life because it has nothing to do with your value. Yeah, so. yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah, thanks, yeah. my gals. Thank you. Yeah. 
again, shrew crew, it's not about that number. It is about how you feel. Yeah. Like that's yeah. what matters. So disregard the size or the number and think about more. Yeah. Sorry, this just became a body image episode. Sorry, my girls. <laughs> no. <laughs> I I mean I yeah. I think we're all kind of going through it a yeah. little bit right mm-hmm. now. So yeah. and that's just kinda I mean <laughs> Okay, going back to Instagram reels, I spend mm. a lot of time on Instagram. <laughs> I do need to cut back. But it's like having grown up in the early 2000s mm. when anything, literally anything that was not a size two mm-hmm. or smaller was considered overweight. Right. This is not an exaggeration. Right. Wow. And when we like saw pop stars and movie stars who were not literally a size two or smaller. Right be called fat or chubby or puffy or Mm -hmm. curvy yeah yeah. and it's like I don't know like that does a lot I don't Mm -hmm. know I'm very much a product of that early 2000s and Mm -hmm. it's hard well it's so great that there is a lot more body positivity right now and that I mean I hope that the generation that has come after us me I don't know um (laughs) doesn't feel that because it's a bad place to be yeah so but the low-rise jeans they be coming back they do (gasps) anyway that is a whole other soapbox i need your (gasps) oh my gosh really i mean i I commend you i just could never i did i could never but i mean because they were flared and they were lucky brand and i just felt like i was living my like yeah your early my like yeah 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 so in favor of you living that life yeah. Becky and I hope that when you do wear them I get to see it <laughs> and, uh, and I will be wearing my very very high rise jeans next to you <laughs> love it my like well, 13 inch rise <laughs> yeah. well that's I mean I think actually that's well, now we're in a now we're in a weird episode now yeah. we're gonna stop now we're yeah. my final thought is I think that's that is one of the beauties about <laughs> modern fashion and modern modern body images we are open to a lot more things Mm -hmm. because not only in the early 2000s was it you had to be this size Mm -hmm. you had to be that size at Abercrombie and Fitch and that better be the brand you were wearing yeah and like now things have you know and like people's sense of style gets a lot more place and Mm -hmm. it's a lot more fun so yeah okay oops accidentally yeah all that said (laughs) hey this is life this is life well thank you folks for sticking with us through that uh very chaotic (laughs) check-in but (laughs) we are going to jump on over to our interview with jennifer which was just incredible so we're going to take you over there now all right, and now jumping over to Jennifer Bosters. Hello, Jennifer. How are you? Hey, y'all. It's so good to see your faces again. Your voices. <laughs> Seriously, you, so good to see you too. too. It's amazing. How, how long has it been? Let's see. Since 2019. Or for me, yeah? I guess. I mean, 2020. Yeah. Was, oh, 2020. Just, I always like weirdly associate yeah. Lie of the Mind with COVID, which yeah. is not... Yeah. Alive the mind's yeah. fault, but that was the last yep. full thing I did. Yep. Yeah. 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 I remember like hearing about it as I was gonna fly from Flagstaff back to Milwaukee and like mm. having no idea what that was gonna mean for us. So. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I remember rescheduling the second weekend of the play for yep. exactly three weeks later, thinking it will be certainly. Fine. 
by then everything will be fine and we will put up the second weekend of this show yeah <laughs> little did we know not what Psych. happened <laughs> nope not what happened wait first I can't believe I said 2019 because I know it was 2020 and I just feel like oh. I need to embarrass myself a little bit more by calling just it out like, you know like stick that knife in a little further. yeah yeah well because Jennifer I literally was... never know Becky, people will be like, I graduated college in da-da-da year. And I'm like, I have no idea what year I graduated college. <laughs> I don't know how you people keep track of years like this. No. <laughs> crazy, crazy talk. That's funny. Um, well, so Jennifer was the director of Live the Mind, and yeah. I was your stage manager. So. Oh, yeah, such a wonderful great. stage manager. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Such a wonderful director. Ship afloat. <laughs> yeah. Steering that ship. Yeah. Group Steering effort. Uh, largely due to you. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of, Jennifer, will you tell the Shrew crew a couple of things, just a bit about you and what you do and all of, you know, the things that you're good at, like music and acting, and you're just amazing, (laughs) but also specifically how you've been involved in Flag Shakes in the past. Absolutely. Um, So I I am an actor, a writer, um, a director, and... um, a musician. Um, I graduated from St. Mary's College in 2016. <laughs> as we talked about college graduation years. So I was an all-women's college. I studied English and um, decided that I really wanted to try being an actor and just see how it went. Um, and for me, kind of the, the way into that was classical theater and uh specifically my instrument i play Mm -hmm. the violin and the viola and um i didn't have a lot of training at all i didn't have a lot of experience but a lot of classical theater companies were interested in actors who could play an instrument so Mm -hmm. that was really um a huge door opening thing for me and uh, my first professional gig was the notre dame shakespeare festival where i was playing my instrument and acting and um my uh, next few gigs were all Shakespeare. And then my next kind of big professional step forward was working at the Utah Shakespeare Festival, again, as an actor musician. And that was how I heard about flag shakes because I was like <laughs> feverishly researching Shakespeare festivals because I was like, oh, maybe like I, this is a little. Is this my thing? Community <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Part of. Um, and so I sent in an audition tape for The Tempest and um got an offer which i was just so <laughs> thrilled about because i love the tempest and um someone i was working with out in uh, utah knew about flag shakes and had really good things to say about dawn and christine and um so it just seemed like uh it would be a really wonderful opportunity and uh so i started as an actor doing the tempest playing ferdinand and had just a total blast <laughs> And then Dawn uh, asked if I wanted to direct Alive the Mind a few years later. And that was definitely the most challenging director, um, uh, directorial project I I have ever worked on, truly, even to to this day. Um, But certainly at the time, and I just remember feeling like really kind of amazed and grateful that Dawn was willing to trust me with such a doozy of a project. (laughs) Such a doozy. With a very light uh, directing resume. (laughs) So. Flag shakes to me, uh, just I'm just always so filled with gratitude for um, how you take a chance on people hmm. who don't have maybe the same training or or 
whatever credits that whatever theaters think they need, but you, you see things in people and um, give them a shot. And uh, that's been, that's been my experience with it at least. No. So. Yeah. I'm well, gonna... it's clearly a very good gamble on my part. <laughs> yeah. You directed an amazing show. And <laughs> I'm, I've never been sorry, Jennifer. <laughs> I've never been sorry. I'm glad you, I'm relieved to hear that. <laughs> and I'm going to toot Dawn's horn right now. Dawn is really good at seeing, seeing things in people. Like she is mm-hmm. really good at being like, huh, that person has this one little capability that I think that I can turn into a whole position. (laughs) She's really, really good at that. Um, So that's definitely due to Dawn. She's very good at seeing, like taking a video and just being like, this person's going to be good at this. And you're like, really? (laughs) You're like, yeah. And then they are. (laughs) She's very good at that. (laughs) Amazing. I agree. Um, well, yay. Thank you so much. It's, I just, I wish we could, I wish you were here right now. Come back, come to another show with us. <laughs> but now you're living off in Chicago, writing plays and such. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Sort of, oh, I guess I did write this thing that I've been we're imagining yeah. for a long time yep. and failing at miserably. And oh, so. oh. <laughs> doubt that no well i'm interested here yeah what was your process like what was your inspiration for even wanting to start this how long have you been writing it yeah tell Tell us us about it girl the process was messy (laughs) (laughs) um okay but uh so the play is about felix and fanny mendelssohn who are 19th century sibling composers Mm -hmm. um that i discovered as a young teenage viola player <laughs> in a, my middle and high school orchestras. Um, I There was like one piece in particular that I remember playing that I really liked and found out it was written by Felix Mendelssohn, who at the time he wrote it was 14. So ever since then, I just felt like this weird little teenage connection <laughs> with Felix Mendelssohn. And then learning about the fact that he had this sister, Fanny, just really captured my imagination. So, I mean, we're talking... 15 years of being interested in these <laughs> enamored people. in these humans yeah <laughs> and just that's just my nerdiness like it really doesn't have any other thing than that I just I found them so interesting and I I like classical music so yeah. they just sort of kept in my brain and I, I I thought about things I've always loved to write so I thought about over those 15 years like you know how can I write about them and blah 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 blah, blah. and then at some point during college I I don't remember like the specific moment, but I had the idea of like, what if it was not just a play? Cause I thought, well, let me make it a play or something, but a play, but like a, a one person play where one person plays both of them. Oh. Um, because yeah. I was really fascinated by the idea that it's um, just an interesting case study. You have basically the same amount of talent mm-hmm. and the same amount of training in two people. But at the time, only one was given the support, the encouragement, the opportunities. So what happens to that talent, to that soul, when in two different sort of circumstances? Hmm. I felt like having one actor play both of them would kind of illustrate that in an interesting way for the audience while giving me the chance to share my love of these deeply (laughs) underappreciated composers at the same time. Um, So I had the idea back in college and just painstakingly slowly was writing little clips and bits and things that came to mind for literal years. I had a really hard time 
sitting down to finish because I didn't have a deadline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I um, really need external deadlines I've learned about myself, which isn't great, but it is what it is. Um, So finally, after cobbling together a, a first draft and then kind of sitting on the second draft for a while. I signed up for the Milwaukee Fringe Festival this year without Yay. a finished play ah. to make myself finish. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it worked. <laughs> it, was, that deadline. Uh, it was a fraught process. I was really, I think like I've, I've told people and I think it's true. Like I really thought I was failing at it the entire time. And then I just realized I'd sort of failed my way into this finished script. <laughs> and um, it's not perfect. And I will still continue to tweak and mm-hmm. all that. But like that was a real um, a, a proud moment, but also a bit of a sobering moment of like, wow, I got in my way a lot. I could have probably mm-hmm. finished this a lot earlier if I mm-hmm. didn't if I wasn't beating myself up about it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's the long, very, very uh, clumsy story of how this play came into being. Not that and clumsy. No, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm curious, or I assume, uh, or you'll tell us, um, <laughs> being that you are an actor musician, will this play also, will the, the one person play also be played by an actor musician? Like, I, I assume there's music in it. I'm pretty there it's is music. You, the, right? the dream. Oh, sorry. What was that, Hannah? I'm sorry. Is it you? <laughs> yeah. I will be the actor. Yeah. Agent. Okay. Well, I assume that too, but I don't know. For yeah. Just but for that. when sorry, I should have mentioned that. Yes. When multiple theater companies exactly. uh, buy the do buy the licensing for this at the same mm-hmm. time, and you can't be in both places. Mm-hmm. Becky there. is speaking it into existence. <laughs> when you are no longer playing this role, when it is just a worldwide phenomenon, Jennifer. Literally blushing right now. <laughs> um, the so the idea, the dream version of this will have live music. Mm-hmm. This version is um, because of the way the fringe works. It has to be uh, pretty short, mm-hmm. and it has to be very low tech and straight up. Um, we had a very tight turnaround from mm-hmm. when uh, from when I applied to when we were accepted to <laughs> right. when the performance needed. Is. So to I, be I let myself off the hook for this round. So all the music is going to be pre-recorded for this for this version. Mm-hmm. So mainly so I could focus on other things because when the time comes to add the live music, I'm going to have to really practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a lot. So yeah, the the idea kind of as this thing hopefully continues mm-hmm. to live on and develop will be to add the live music elements cuz that um I'm very passionate about that. Woohoo. Yeah. But it still will have music elements. And the, I presume yes. the, yeah. the music will all be Mendelssohn music. Or will it be other stuff? It is Mendelssohn music. Okay. Because that's, again, my like uh, secondary agenda is yes. to force audience members to, <laughs> to listen, listen to, to my Mendelssohn. classical music pieces. You will like it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely have had to uh, be convinced to cut back on the amount of music I wrote into the show so that I'm not taking too long that's amazing well i really wish i could see it if people want to see it or read it like how can people be involved in i'm following the instagram so i feel like i'm getting like some little updates but when is the fringe uh and uh is there plans to do it again soonish or yeah what's the kind of like future of the play 
by the time this episode comes out, I think the fringe will have just happened. Okay. Yay. Um, the, the, our performance is on August 18th Ooh, uh, okay. in Milwaukee. My, I uh, grew up outside Milwaukee and uh, the, fringe, the Milwaukee fringe is our kind of debut venue slash workshop mm-hmm. sort of vibe. Um, and I certainly hope to continue developing this, working on it um, and bringing it elsewhere. That's, that's, I'm not going to be coy about it. I definitely would like to continue having this be um, part of my life. Um, I am open to the ways that may or may not <laughs> look, but <laughs> I am very interested in taking it elsewhere. Certainly would really love to have it in Chicago if that's, mm-hmm. you know, just a self-produced rent-a-theater for a, a weekend or two and just put it up here. I'm not sure what that'll look like exactly, but um, probably either a, another larger fringe festival or Chicago, which is sort of like one big fringe festival anyway, <laughs> um, is the next step. Um, but I would like to try to be performing this as, as, as long as I can. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, uh, like the characters (laughs) so i would like to have a chance to play them more than just once and of course it'll morph like i found when i was i mean literally the whole point of my cabaret is that it changes with me and um so i'm sure that with this show like as you do it you're gonna be like oh you know that that moment really works so i'm gonna extend it or that's gonna become a now a central theme because i can see that the audience is like sparkly eyed at this moment so clearly that's like what people are connecting to and oh you know like that joke isn't really landing so i'm gonna kind of change that up and oh that song needs to be a little bit you know like you just start to like the more you do it you workshop it and since you are the person on stage like you can physically make the choices almost as you go like I'm sure that it's just gonna naturally change a lot as you go and the different venues like a fringe versus a full weekend at a, at a theater somewhere means you have more liberty with length and with whatever you want to do with it so maybe you'll even have like almost versions of the show that you can kind of mm-hmm. take places like a t- uh, like a mini version and a full length version and all that stuff but I, I, I'm so glad you brought up your show, too, because um, tr- like, truly seeing other creators, for me specifically women, but all creators who are making one-person content, mm-hmm. like one-person shows right now, like, was the most inspiring thing to me. Like, no. it was really the thing, along with the deadline, that, like, <laughs> got my butt in the chair to try yeah. to write it. Like, I was mm-hmm. so inspired by you, Hannah, doing Aww. that. And I was so excited to watch you take it places and like you know selling tickets and the content (laughs) you post on insta and Mm -hmm. i have a few other friends um who have been Mm self-producing one person stuff and i just uh, i was just so like ignited like the like i felt Mm -hmm. like a fire was like reignited every time i would see one of y'all succeeding and i was Mm -hmm. like yes like this is possible Mm -hmm. they're doing it they're doing it well they look like they're having a blast (laughs) and if i can just finish the script yeah I can hopefully have a fun time doing it too well you know I I I think I've said it when when I first sort of announced the show my show at first but it's truly like if you're feeling like you're not getting the work you want or you're like there just isn't a role that fits me or like I want to do all these things like Jennifer, you're a musician and an incredible actor. Like, ugh, but I just haven't found the role that lets me do it. Like with me, it was like, 
I'm not getting the musical theater work I want. And I love to freaking sing my face (laughs) off. So I guess I'm just going to do it because I want to sing. Like I want to sing a lot. And so I guess like I'll just do it myself, (laughs) you know. And I think that like if you're a dancer or you have all these other hyphens, like sometimes I think you just need to make your own stuff because then you know that like you are hitting all of your pockets and like it's all the things you nerd out about. It's about classical music and it's about history and it's also, you know, you're doing the performing. So anyway, I just think that I think more people should try solo work because it's super cool and very fulfilling. And I uh, so agree with you. So it feels like like a gift to yourself, like Mm -hmm. a gift of belief in yourself. Mm -hmm. Like I am saying I believe in myself yep. enough to do this hard thing mm-hmm. um, and cathartic and I, in a lot of ways yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah well nice. yay. yay so okay so it's hopefully gonna go onward unfortunately fringe is gonna be passed when this comes out but will it be recorded at all can we can people can see we stream it? it or yeah I think we're gonna like we're gonna have sort of an internal recording mm-hmm. for uh research purposes yeah yeah but uh <laughs> I really, I've just been telling people like I really, I it is my full intention not not quite to yet. do this again yeah. and to and to like let more people see it, mm-hmm. um, especially once I feel like really happy with it. Yeah. Uh, so I will keep y'all updated one thousand trillion percent Good. when there uh, is a when there's more of an opportunity right. for people to see it because I I want that. Cool. So thank you for being interested. I really appreciate that. Of course. Heck now, yeah. Now, I know it's gone through a couple of workshops. What's the official name now? Uh, the official name is Songs Without Words. Okay, cool. Which is um, taken from the name of a genre, like a specific genre of mm. music that Felix and Fanny Mendelssohn like kind of pioneered, pioneered. together. Cool. Um, so just... I like the sound of it yeah, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also just call it the Mendelssohn play because <laughs> there really aren't other ones yeah. to get confused by. Yeah. So, yeah. What's yeah. like your favorite personal fact about Felix and Fanny? Oh my gosh, Jennifer <laughs> is so hard to pick. <laughs> okay. Favorite personal fact. Okay. Well, I'll pick this one. Um, so, Felix published some of Fanny's pieces under his name, like with permission. Oh, oh. that was wow. kind of the only way that she was allowed to publish for a while. Oh, and okay. um, mm. some of these pieces uh, were kind of considered the best of this collection. And so, many years in the future, when Felix uh, Mendelssohn went to England to play for Queen Victoria, Queen Victoria requested that he play one of his pieces from this collection. So that she could sing it because it was her favorite Aww. and it turns out that was one of the ones that fanny wrote so he had to kind of sheepishly tell the queen of england like i didn't actually write that one could you sing one of mine because <laughs> yeah, i don't really <laughs> I can... know it that well yeah yeah Yikes. um wow. so that that's a fun <laughs> little factoid what about... a factoid Damn. Yeah, about how inextricably linked their music is, even during yeah. their lifetimes, it was. But honestly, yeah. um, I have a little bit more faith because I was like a little bit afraid that like the story was going to take us through how like Felix stole her music. Oh yeah, and here and there. But it doesn't sound like that's the case. It sounds like they had a good relationship, and Felix did what he could to support Fanny, even though it wasn't obviously that much. But he did as much as he could. <laughs> yeah, and thanks for bringing that up because that's really important to me. 
with this is is trying to stay truthful to what I really feel like mm-hmm. all Happened. the evidence suggests yeah. the story was. And it mm-hmm. wasn't, he's not this villain. Yeah. Um, and also he could have done more 100% even mm-hmm. back then. So it's it's this quite delicious gray area, actually. Mm-hmm. Like they were incredibly close and they were each other's best friends and their best advisors and they challenged each other and in many ways had a really like equal partnership. And also um, he told her he didn't want her to publish. Mm-hmm. Like he said that because yeah. he <laughs> didn't think it was like befitting of a woman of her of her um station and she listened to him because of course she did so it's really complex um but you're right it's not at all this sort of like bad brother good sister Mm -hmm. thing it's it's very complicated and i'm really hoping that the play reflects that closeness and that complicated nature of it well and that's why plays about real people are so interesting because i feel like when we write plays we can just be like they have these qualities. But as I quote all the time, all, all the time, we contain multitudes. Yep, yeah, exactly. And she wasn't a doorbuster. You know, there are some women in history who really like mm. saw the obstacles in their path and just were like kicked them down. And yeah. they're so cool to celebrate and learn about. But like, let's be not all of us have that yeah. kind of fire. Mm-hmm. And Fanny... Fanny didn't have fire in that way. She had her own strength and her own um, determination. And she, at the end of her life, found the courage to decide to move ahead and publish Hmm. on her own without her brother's permission. But she struggled a lot with confidence. And I find that so relatable. She didn't believe in herself 100% of the time. And she still showed up. And she still, you know, kept trying. And I, I found that really... Mm-hmm. endearing <laughs> sorry for this reference but i was <laughs> scrolling through instagram as you do as you do and one of the reels uh that popped up the audio was like do it scared do it tired mm. do it when you don't feel strong mm-hmm. do it when you're angry do it when you're happy do it when you feel good like i don't know so jennifer what you just said uh about fanny not not feeling confident 100% of the time, like, but she did it anyway. Yeah. You know, anyway. like, yeah. Ah, yeah. Yay, that was a really good question, Don. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always interested in the, in the like, life details mm-hmm. of people who become famous for their work. It's like, there are so many other, you know, little sub facts, interesting things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think this is such a cool project. And I, I don't know if it needs saying, but you know you can always produce it here. Like, <laughs> especially once you add live music, Jennifer. Like you that is our <laughs> that's our favorite thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, once you've got it all put together, like, come yeah. on down. We would be thrilled to have you. Oh, thank you. That um, means a lot. I would love that. Yeah, I mean, it's not Chicago, but yeah. <laughs> it's Flagstaff. It's better. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, we get a good audience who appreciates this kind of thing. So, yeah, and I think that that's, you know, another, like, beauty of women supporting women in theater. I think you are going to find mm-hmm. open doors everywhere as mm-hmm. you bring forward this play that you wrote and, like, mm-hmm. you know, 
connect to other women who have written plays or mm-hmm. produce theater or work in theater, they're they're going to be like, yes, let's do it. Well, <laughs> let's as soon on. as one of my girlfriends at Island Shakespeare heard that we were producing my show, she was immediately like, I want to produce your show. <laughs> yeah. So then it's just going to domino. So it's yeah. it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Theater Yay. women supporting theater women. <laughs> It's just an army of shrews. Here we come. <laughs> I love it. What a great vivid image. An army of tiny little shrews. Aww. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that kind of brings me to my next question. What is living in Chicago like? Chicago is really cool, honestly. I, you know, I grew up not that far. But I still only like, you know, kind of experienced the touristy parts of Chicago. And mm-hmm. um, so I never really was. I never felt like a super deep connection to it as a city. But now that I'm here um, and I realize, you know, it's such a city of neighborhoods and mm. very tight knit neighborhoods. And they all have a very distinct flavor. And that's totally up my alley. I'm realizing <laughs> like I really love my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I I a big part of wanting to come here. Well, number one was it seemed like the best place work-wise. Mm-hmm. Like it was a big market, but I also knew a fair number of people here already and I didn't feel like totally uprooted from my support system. Right. So there was that. But I also just even not from an acting side point was just really starting to crave like a geographic home base. Mm-hmm. Um like I spent a lot of my 20s pandemic aside yeah um hopping around to different places and that's how i found y'all in Mm -hmm. arizona and and utah and um sort of rural wisconsin and indiana like it was great an utter joy i i loved every moment of it and i hope some of that continues but i was starting to really crave like i would Mm -hmm. really like to have a neighborhood and have um (laughs) yeah like not have to pick up and move everything every four or five months Mm -hmm. and um, have neighbors and a place to volunteer and just like, (laughs) like live Mm -hmm. that very normal kind of life. Um, And so Chicago seemed like the best fit and I subletted for a little bit and then found, uh, found this place with my two roommates who are good friends and fellow theater Mm. workers. And we're in a neighborhood that is really homey and a lot of artsy folk around. So it just feels like a really Mm -hmm. cool part of town to start to get to know a big city because it feels really intimate. And, Mm -hmm. but then you're like, Oh no, this this is huge. (laughs) So many people. I was just going to say, I think that's so relatable for so many artists and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people don't realize what a toll it takes like Mm -hmm. we really are communal creatures and Mm -hmm. we really are you know like um very attached to especially like small groups of community like that's just how humans are we Mm -hmm. have our little packs and like that's how we operate the best and that's how we feel the most secure like literal feelings of safety come with knowing people around you and having a network of people you can reach out to and so I think a, one of the real tolls that it takes being a theater artist is that it can be such a transitory job. Yeah. And I think after a while, you just, you, you do, you really want to settle down. And sometimes that's, sometimes choosing a big city is, uh, or often choosing a big city is what I see people do makes a lot of sense. There's still a ton of theater opportunity in that city, mm-hmm. but you can find your group of people you can find your neighborhood you can you know so 
a, you know, for us here, it was choosing a small town with a theater <laughs> company, and now we've stuck with Flagstaff for however long. But you know, I think that that I think that just we talk a lot about all kinds of different aspects of mental health and theater, and I actually think that what you're describing is a huge one. Yeah, it's a huge piece of mental health, and it's really hard. Like you want to you want to find you know those close friends that you rent your place with. So every four months, you're not like, oh my God, like, who am I living with? Do I like them? Do we get along this time? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, you know, maybe you want to find a partner. Maybe you want to raise a family. Mm -hmm. Maybe you want to volunteer (laughs) at a church. Maybe you want to, like, whatever it is, but that's really hard to do when you're constantly on the move. So honestly, Mm -hmm. maybe you just want to, like, watch tv all day and (laughs) like when I was living out of a suitcase I felt like I shouldn't waste my day I should go out to this park or do this thing this museum blah 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 and when you settle down you're like oh yeah I can just have a lazy day because I don't feel like my time is limited here yeah Um, Yeah. this is my build a full life like I think that's part of what it was I was like I have I have put I mean, because when you pursue a life in this, right, like you have to say no to a lot. You have to say no to mm-hmm. a lot of things that our friends and peers are saying yes to. Um, not necessarily forever, but like for like for a while, you have to say no to some stuff. And yeah. um, I was really thankful that I was able to do that. There's a lot of privilege that let me do that. There's a lot of luck. Um but I also like was just starting to realize like, okay, now that I'm not constantly worried that someone's going to just kick me out of the <laughs> of the business, like someone's going to just tell me like I suck. Like I've got like a shred, like a shred of confidence. Finally, <laughs> now I want to like, that at least tells me like, I'm not terrible at yeah. this. <laughs> right. Like now I'm like, okay, maybe I can start like looking at my whole life and mm-hmm. not just like fixating on <laughs> my good enough. Yeah. To be an actor. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still do plenty of that, unfortunately, yep. but it yep. it feels like I have a little bit more chance of a balance, which is really helpful mentally for sure. Yeah. And you have an adorable cat. <laughs> I do. <laughs> which just I just, you know, it's just hard to have a tiny creature if you're always when you don't live somewhere. Yeah. What's your cat's name? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Oh. His name is Felix. Uh, uh, oh. Mendelssohn. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Yep. She really likes the Mendelssohn. Yeah. I mean, Felix is a great cat name. It is a good cat like, name. It yeah. Is, yeah. Felix yeah. the cat. It's like, yeah. It's iconic. Yeah. It's I, perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was definitely um, just a kind of accident that I got him. And I. I am so thrilled to have him. Mm. <laughs> like I never had a cat before. I didn't really have pets. Um, and wow, like what a gift. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. having a cat. Yay. He seem yeah. you seem like a very, very good cat mom, I will say. <laughs> I'm a very uh very um a diligent cat mom. Codependent yeah. cat mom. <laughs> Attached cat mom, but yes. <laughs> we uh, we have That's a amazing. great 
little relationship. <laughs> well, send us a photo of Felix so everyone can see him. Yeah. yeah. So I will. I will. If he were here, I would pick him up. But oh, good. No, no worries. <laughs> so beyond, of course, the like living somewhere aspect, what is Chicago? How is Chicago treating you when it comes to actual theater perspectives? Like, are the auditions actually gettable? And are you seeing shows? And are you actually able to meet other artists and feel like you can actually create some opportunities and or has it been hard I mean I know that living in big cities is really hard so give us the nitty-gritty on Chicago right now yeah um I mean well first first off is just this disclaimer like I have been here full time since January and I still feel like I'm like scratching the surface Mm -hmm. there's a lot going on there's a lot to know and there are a lot of people who have been here for a long time like Mm -hmm. this has been their home base either their whole life or like since college Mm -hmm. or for many years so i definitely am still squarely in the newbie camp Mm -hmm. um but uh i felt like i also had the benefit of like since i i built the start of my career elsewhere like i wasn't coming in mm-hmm. totally blind yeah blind yeah like and i had people here that i knew that i'd talked to about it so um i came in kind of in a weird like like what to me felt like a weird sort of state of flux like i wasn't this brand new shiny you know fresh out of school actor but mm-hmm. i also um I'm still pretty early in my career and uh, didn't know a ton of people. So it's kind of this yeah. weird balance. One thing that's been really helpful is that like there's such an abundance of resources mm-hmm. in Chicago for actors. It is, I think, considered, and I think this is true, like a, a very like actor-friendly town. Okay. Like it's not the kind of cutthroat stuff that I hear about in New York. Nice. Um it's not encouraged here. Like there's much, it's got that Midwestern, mm-hmm. you know, sensibility, personality. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it, not saying it's like the most friendly city on earth, but it it's, it's friendly. Like in, in people, you know, are, um, don't seem just like baseline threatened by each other or by <laughs> new people. You know new what York I mean? Like, always in competition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Everyone that, and is that, scared that, of each other all the time in New York. Like, yeah. do not look me in the eyes, please. <laughs> yeah. Especially not an audition. Room. No, like, please do <laughs> not no. look at me. Do not look at me. Um, so, like, there are tons of of places that offer classes, for example, mm-hmm. and like good ones. Not trying to rip you off. Not trying to, mm-hmm. you know, just take your money. Like good classes that are run by actors or by casting directors by people who care about actors who know what they're talking about, who are working in the field. Um, and that's always been how I like to learn. Like I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't do have a lot of formal school training, but I really like taking these types of classes. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how you, it's a great way to meet fellow actors. It's a great way mm-hmm. to learn about the scene. It's a great way to learn new skills, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've taken a good number of classes, even before I was living here full time, um, I would sometimes like commute down from mm-hmm. Milwaukee to take um, some Shakespeare intensives. Oh. I took some scene study classes. I took most recently been focusing a lot on on camera and voiceover mm-hmm. because those are new media that I'm really interested in and and have very little experience. I was going to um, say your setup uh, mm-hmm. looks like you've been dabbling in it, if not working professionally oh. in it. <laughs> <laughs> this it was a um, 
pandemic <laughs> purchase. <laughs> yep. I was like, I got to create something. So I <laughs> built a little mini sound booth for myself. Um, and I, I love doing it. Actually, I really want to do more because it's super fun. Um, yeah. So classes are abundant in Chicago and um, have been really beautiful for me and, and feeling like I know a little bit more about what I'm doing and also having me meet cool people who I mm-hmm. wouldn't have met otherwise. Um, Chicago is uh, still theater wise, like there's a lot of non-union work yeah, um, and it's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Obviously okay. there's good non-union work everywhere, but like Chicago's non-union theaters actually have the reputation they deserve. Whereas a lot of, I think, cities have non-union theater that um, is wrongfully overlooked. And I mm. think uh, Chicago, for like I said, it's kind of like one big fringe festival. If you want to put on a show, people will come. Um, I don't know exactly how much the pandemic has affected that still. I know theaters everywhere are having trouble getting people in seats and Chicago's not immune from that. But like, it's, it's, it's a good place to do good non-union work. The pay is not good. I will tell you that. (laughs) But um, like you go see a show and it's probably going to be really good. (laughs) Even if it's in a basement or especially if it's in a basement. What am I talking about? Like like the really like cool, wacky spaces. That's like that was some of the best acting I've ever seen. And I was four feet away from them. Um, And also, I mean, the union houses are, are very respected too. But like that's not the only place that really good theater is happening and people know it. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. For me, I was drawn to the theater scene. Sure. But I also have a lot of great, a, a fondness and affection for the regional theater scene. So I, you know, hope that those connections stay alive. Cause I really like that. Um, but I also really Chicago felt right because of the other media that are happening here too, mm-hmm. like TV, film, commercial, voiceover. It's a good time, I think, to be coming to Chicago for those things, with the major exception of the strike, which I'll talk about yes. in a second. <laughs> yeah. But more things are starting to come to Chicago, more studios, more shows for a lot of reasons, uh, not least of which is climate. Yeah. Um, we're not worried about wildfires out here to the same degree yet. There's a lot of water here. There's so this people aren't running out of water. I think that will unfortunately only continue to make Chicago really desirable. Mm. Um, I know there's going to be, there's a big production studio being built slash maybe it's done being built on the South side. Uh, so it's, it's really an interesting time for on camera stuff in Chicago. Hmm. Um, for me, <laughs> I was sort of expecting this to be like the summer of auditioning. Yeah. And then everyone's on strike. Oh, yeah. Which True. we fully support, by the way. Um, it's really important what we're striking for. They're striking for. I'm yes. not a member of SAG, but um, really important what's being struck for and chicago as far as i've seen is is overwhelmingly in support of the strike (laughs) (laughs) uh the 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 audition scene has been slow in that regard and it was slow before that i've heard like i just got my agent at last fall so Mm -hmm. i'm still new to that too but i was warned like it's been slow it's been slow since covid now it's extremely slow because of the strikes um Theater auditions are kind of slow too. Not that theater isn't happening, but 
we've all heard it. We've all read the articles. Like theaters are are in a right. bit of a um, pinch for right. to put it for lightly. money. Yeah, yeah, pinch for money, pinch to get people back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know that's that's all in the air. Which again, I think is why it's a great time to produce some stuff <laughs> yourself. Yep, and yeah. Chicago's great for that. Yeah. Um, which is really exciting. You and I think really my values are kind of shifting. Yeah. Sorry, are. I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, I'm like, Chicago. I need, I need to go to Chicago like tomorrow. <laughs> what am I doing? Uh-huh. At least yeah. give it a visit and see some stuff, you know? Yeah. And again, I, I am not, I'm not, I don't feel fully integrated in the scene yet. I haven't been here very long. I was fortunate enough to do a play here earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I did once at Writers Theater, oh, which was right. a really yeah, great I experience. Remember. Yeah. Um, Ugh, but... I think I had texted you like you were going on and I was like, do I book a flight? <laughs> I was so freaking kind. like the fact that you were going to be going on, like, yeah. cause you were an understudy, right? Or were you a swing? What I were you was. doing? Okay. I was an understudy. And then the show, the only show I've heard of in recent memories to, to do this well, like it did incredibly well. Good. It was a great production. And I guess people just really were like, that was hitting the spot right, that people yeah. needed to get hit because it, we extended three weeks, like three wow. full weeks. Wow. And my overstudy couldn't stay for the extension. So I got like almost <gasps> a full run's worth of shows. Yeah. Which is amazing. Damn. That is amazing. Nice. Um, yeah. I was like, really, I love that show. Yeah. I love Jennifer. Do also, I go to Chicago? <laughs> I've never heard the term overstudy and I love that. <laughs> I don't actually know if it's legit. Someone said it to me once and I immediately gonna, adopted it. Yeah. I I fully support that. I okay. what does it mean? The, the it's the, <laughs> the contracted actor or per, sorry, you should Oh, you should the person the, who has the role. Yeah, yeah the is person the I was covering, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if you're the understudy, they're, the they're overstudy. your overstudy. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Just seem like shorthand that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I love it. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, what was your process like uh, getting an agent? And Great question. Um, so I had technically I had an agent back in Wisconsin, a non-union agent. I didn't really do much with them, um, ma- and mainly just because I was never there, which is not their <laughs> fault. Um, yeah, but I did a couple things with them. Um, but uh, getting an agent, like a, a, an exclusive agent, uh, that did union work was really a, a big goal of mine mm-hmm. and doesn't have to be everyone's goal but for me it, for whatever reason it really felt important to me um so i uh when i was subletting in chicago like the year before i was here full time it was like oh, that's gonna be my project and so i reached out to some people who had some connections with chicago agents and just asked you know for advice and then um a former um casting director that I'd worked with at a theater like was very generously offered to send them an email on my behalf like to a bunch of Chicago places Mm. and I was like this is great like I'm sure you know I'll have to work hard to get you know the audition but like this is really great and nothing came of it Mm. at all so that was kind of my first like wake up call of like yeah Chicago's big girl like (laughs) they're not like just mm-hmm. waiting for you to come. Like, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, Jennifer's Chicago's a lot bigger. Yeah, yeah like they yeah. there there are a lot of actors and a lot of actors just like you. There are a lot of actors who play music. There are a lot of actors who are tall. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay. Um, felt a little sheepish. But I was like, <laughs> should have expected that, but all right, we're learning. 
So then I kind of went back to the drawing board, went to some, uh, looked at some agents that I was really interested in, but hadn't honestly felt confident enough to reach out to, found some friends who were represented by them and asked questions like, who do I need to talk to? What do you, like, what are, how, what, right, what advice do you have about just getting a meeting? Cause I couldn't even get a meeting. And one of my friends was, is really, was so generous with her time and, and she sent me some resources about how to craft a good e- intro email. Mm-hmm. Because I had written the most boring generic email of my entire life, and then I don't think it got opened. So I worked really hard on crafting this this email that was um, very unique to me. That I hoped was like kind of like mm-hmm. evocative of my personality, like goofy, nerdy, you know, hopefully a little bit witty, mm-hmm. um, but like communicating the information that I needed to. Like I made sure my website was like pristine. I had my actors access page all ready to go. I like made this little sizzle reel with my like very few film things, but I like got a little sizzle reel. I like had all my stuff lined up and I crafted this email um, with a, you know, a subject line that was like, kind of like, I think it was like, Oh my God, it was so silly. (laughs) It was like six foot tall blonde, musician has violin will travel or like <laughs> dumb shit like that but it <laughs> but here's the thing um, you are a hot six foot tall woman who plays violin and can act her little butt off so i'm just saying that's a pretty good log line <laughs> thank you friend i did not put hot i will say i didn't cross that line i just put six foot that gets flagged um, in the spam yeah flagged to spam it's like wait a minute <laughs> so i had this email sorry this is such a saga, but it really, I think it's important for people to <laughs> yeah. know that at least not for, not for everyone is it like a simple process. Mm-hmm. Some people get their offer from their agents after they see them in one show and it's right. like, great, that was not me. Um, I've talked to two friends who were represented by two agencies that I was really interested in and mm-hmm. they both were extremely generous. This is a big ask. They were extremely generous enough to say, hey, I'll put in a good word for you with my agent and tell mm-hmm. them to keep an eye out for your email. Um, which again, that's, that's, that's not that they, that's not something to just ask somebody. So I felt really grateful. Um, and they both told me they'd done it. And I, I actually gave it like a few months because I wasn't going to be back in Chicago quite just yet. And so then I sent the emails still didn't hear back from one of them ever. Mm -hmm. And then the other one, um, that my friend had sent a beautiful referral for, Hmm. they reached out and asked me to send in some materials, which I did. And then they asked me to, for a meeting. And then we felt like it was a really good fit personality wise. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they offered me to, uh, to represent me. Wow. Yay. Um, but it took a while, it took me a while and I was like, uh, just humbled. (laughs) Um, not that I thought it would be easy, but I, I mm-hmm. just didn't quite appreciate, I think, like exactly how much work it would take on my end just to get a meeting. Right. Yeah. Um, was so I like meeting? to make sure people know that, that that sometimes happens. It's not always just like, yeah, they saw my show and wanted mm-hmm. to represent me. Signed you that night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so was your meeting like kind of like an interview? Was it an audition? Was it just a informal chat? What was What did the meeting entail? It was for me. So my agency is DDO Chicago. Um, and for me, it was not really an audition. They, I, my audition had been um, some self tapes with specific material they requested. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I'd sent that already. They had seen that when they requested the meeting. And this was, it felt like, that was part of what was felt like a good sign. It was really easy and natural. It felt like a conversation of like, so what are your goals? What are our goals? Um, you know, what are our personalities like? What do we expect from people we represent? What do you expect from us? Like, it felt like a conversation just to, to test compatibility. Mm -hmm. And um, I think fortunately, because uh, they'd read my email, which I was pretty open <laughs> about who I am, and they, they had gotten some very kind words from my friend, I think they felt kind of going into it that this could this could potentially be a good fit. And I really liked the conversation we had, they're all kind, they're close to my age. There are a lot of like late twenties, early thirties women. I felt like I was talking to people who could be my friends mm -hmm. and we shared yeah. a lot of values, which was important to me. It wasn't, it's not this huge kind of crank them out agency. Right. It felt very personalized and that's, I like that. Um, so the meeting was, it felt kind of like we're interviewing each other, but in a really friendly way. Yeah, agents have been something that like I've just never really looked into, but I've had a few friends now who've gotten them and spoken about it. And I have a girlfriend who's like kind of actively trying to secure one and is a little bit more interested in it. And so, I yeah, I'm really curious. I feel like we should have maybe we should do a whole episode on agents. And, Bring on an agent. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, we should. Yeah, um, because it's really a. I mean, it, it is tough because like I've remained non-union. So it's like, it's all these things to decide. Do I go union? Do I stay non-union? Do I get an agent? Do I move to a big city? It's like, there's just so many questions. Like, yeah. it's just so hard. <gasps> baby well, Blake! <laughs> sorry, baby Blake arrived. Yeah. Hi, Blake. <laughs> um, Jennifer, are you are you union now or are you still non-union? I'm still non-union. Okay. Um, that, <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm, getting ans I'm getting antsier and yeah. antsier to turn, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. but that's also just a product of like where I am geographically, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. some cities, it makes zero sense to right. go, like zero sense. Yeah. I live and, in Flagstaff, um, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But I mean, another, you know, sometimes the difference in pay isn't even that much. Right. Like I will say that's one thing about Chicago, even in the union scene, honestly, a lot of the time, like the pay is not great. So mm -hmm. like for theater. Right. So that, that is, that is some, that Something. is not a secret. And I have found that to be true. Yeah. Um, so for me, going union um, has watched, it has nothing to do with the quality of work anymore. I think I was mm -hmm. under that um, wrong impression for like the early part of my career that it meant something really big about how good you were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't feel that way anymore. Like really, for me, it's mainly like um, I'm interested in getting yeah. oh absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just interested in that in a big way wow um yes <laughs> but that i will say one nice thing about having an agent in a city like this that's such a big market like there's stuff particularly camera and voice stuff like i would never even see those auditions right. without an agent yeah mm -hmm. um that, that's the only way i would get them they're also, they're very interested in making sure that I'm taking work that is um, financially worthwhile, right? which I appreciate that insight. Mm -hmm. So that feels like a nice kind of collaborative relationship as well. Yeah. I, union, for me, I'm very pro-union as a theory as well. I'm pro-labor. Mm -hmm. So that also feels like the right thing, like joining a union feels cool. Um, but it's, has really, it has nothing to do with the work that I think is worthwhile. It's yeah, mainly like... Yeah. 
I would like to get. I would like to get the monies. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I know I had to run out for a second, but two two comments on two past points. Um, (laughs) And you guys may hear my baby because now he's with me. Hello. Uh, But I wanted to say that I think it's lovely to hear you share the story of it being really hard to get an agent. I do you think like that's important to hear as opposed to the version where it is as you said like someone showed up to our show and we just had this lovely wonderful interview with Eric Peterson who like ended up on Broadway out of nowhere you know (laughs) and it's good to also hear from actors that are equally incredibly talented other versions of how things Mm -hmm. can look Um, and then also yeah I think that's a really important point about equity like there are incredibly talented non- equity actors directors stage managers and I used to kind of have the same thing in my mind too um (laughs) and that it's amazing that we have a union and it has a really important place and I wish we were all getting paid more (laughs) regardless yeah but I think that point too just in our industry it's so important to keep I guess to conflate the two it's so important to keep the focus on the fact that there isn't like a label or situation that every talented actor has or Mm -hmm. means you're a talented actor or means you're not a talented actor. So I think that those are both really important things to like continue discussing. Yeah. And we've said it before, like success looks so different for so Mm -hmm. many different people. Like, like Don, you mentioned before, like me, you and Becky decided that living in a small town was more important for us and we're doing work here and in the adjacent areas or we contract other people want to live in the big city and they want to do the agent thing and the union thing and they don't want to contract out they want to live in new york city and they want to do work in new york city and that's what they want you know like there are so many different versions of success within our industry and especially when we're sitting in this room of four gals with so many different hyphens we all do so many different things it's like you can amalgamate your success and it's just gonna look different than mine's gonna look different than Becky's and Dawn's and Jennifer's and Eric Peterson's like it's (laughs) it's gonna look different because we all just have different things we're good at and we have different backgrounds and yeah different goals different values Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. I'm getting increasingly passionate about that with with age I think it's like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like grab people by the shoulders like you can be successful yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. And I mean that though. It's like, yeah. like we just yeah. absorb, at least for me, I'll just speak for, I just absorbed all this weird crap mm-hmm. about like, this is what success means and this mm-hmm. is what it looks like and this is what you have to do mm-hmm. and what you have to give up and blah, blah, blah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that. I want to just liberate us all from that because yeah. I think our work is going to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, our lives are going to be happier. Yeah, <laughs> The community that I think exists in some places but not other places like will be stronger yeah and um I, w- I just want theater to belong to community again in a way that i think it sometimes doesn't and that's why i think like what y'all have built in flagstaff is really i'm not trying to like <laughs> like paint utopia <laughs> here i know you put so much work into it and it's so mm-hmm. hard but um, it just seems like such a model of like what theater is supposed to do, which Aww. is to serve the community that it's in and serve the people who live there and also the people who are the ones making art and mm. um, that you should be able to build a good, beautiful you know, life of dignity wherever you want and still have art be part of that because mm-hmm. art belongs in every community. Mm-hmm. 
Preach, wow. my gal. Put that on a billboard. Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Put, put that, that on a bumper sticker. on the Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> put that clip on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I mean, could not have said that any better. Yeah, that was not. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, but since we're going to, let's wrap up, but is there anything else, Jennifer, that you want us to know about your show, uh, how people can hire you, how people can talk to you, how people can get involved in the show and in your life and all those good things or any other last minute thoughts from either the shrews or you on any of these topics we covered today? Oh, thanks so much. Um, yeah, honestly, I would love it if people would follow my show on Instagram. I, I get too much of a kick out of running it, but I do also play, like put updates and stuff there. So that is at Mendelssohn Play, spelled M-E-N-D-E-L-S-S-O-H-N Play. That's on Instagram. Um, also, my website, I keep pretty up to date um www.jennifervosters.com um people can reach out to me through either of those places or my personal instagram page um would love to hear from people and um yeah i just really appreciate the chance to talk with y'all i've been thinking about y'all a lot and it's Mm. great to connect yeah we miss you we really do Yes. You're doing amazing stuff. Yeah. Come oh, back anytime. Blake <laughs> yeah, Blake you too, Blake. Oh, <laughs> oh, my little handsome man. I miss uh, y'all too. Definitely got to get back out there and see y'all soon. <laughs> yes. Oh, please do. Please do. Um, and yeah, hopefully we should have, we should take a shrews trip to Chicago. Heck yeah. Yes. Well, I'll be going there for work in November. Oh, so. True. You will. I will see you there. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, Don, thank take it you away. so much for your time, Jennifer. I can't wait to see your show. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so for having me. <laughs> thank you for listening to this month's episode of Untamed Shrews. I'm Don. And I'm Hannah. And I'm Becky. Join us next time in September for a fun Shrews only episode. <laughs> <laughs> Blake is excited. And also Blake. <laughs> Follow Untamed Shrews on our Instagram at Untamed Shrews Podcast and on the Flag Shakes website. All episodes of Untamed Shrews can be found wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on sunsounds.org and the Flag Shakes YouTube. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, put us in your Instagram stories, donate at flagshakes.org slash donate, become a podcast sponsor, mm-hmm. and buy adorable Shrew Crew <laughs> Blake loves the merch. Shrew Crew merch. <laughs> support the Shrew Crew. Yes, we should do a little thing with us in our Shrew Crew merch. Got to yeah. do that. All of us on an apparatus. Yes. Right. Still stand by it. <laughs> okay. This episode of Untamed Shrews starring Don Tucker, Becky Zeritsky, Hannah Fonts, and Jennifer Vosters. Show art by Calliope Ludecker. Podcast theme song by Caden Slam. Podcast produced and edited by Hannah Fonts. Presented by Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival and recorded with Sun Sounds of Arizona. Special thanks to our audio engineer, Gina Byers. Bye. Woo-hoo. Thanks, Jennifer. Yay, thanks, Jennifer. <laughs>